0: Been a bit. Just gonna say it up front. It's been a bit. We're a little off schedule.
1: It's been a little while. But you know. It's good to see you. How you doing?
0: We could have banked episodes. Yeah. And then released them on time. But this is not a professional operation over here. Okay. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. This is our, our podcast is the definition of amateur hour. <laughs> and we like it that way. I don't uh-huh. want to be beholden to some sort of like professional standard that I didn't sign up for. Right. All right? So, to the listener, you get the apps when you get them. All right? We try to do it on a biweekly basis at this point. And if that doesn't happen for extenuating circumstances And... Uh-huh. Hey. Um I was in America, land of opportunity, and I was uh working, I was doing some crazy shit. We made a movie. Uh-huh. I made a movie. I didn't yeah. make a movie. Other people, very talented people around me, made a movie and I was there also. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: You were you were participating.
0: I was participating. Yeah. Um, Thanks to everybody who contributed on the Patreon and, like, words of encouragement and all that sort of shit. So, do appreciate it. Yeah. Not the Patreon. Sorry. The... What did we do? Kickstarter.
1: Kickstarter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so that's... I'm deep... Not deep yet, but I'm getting into the edit for the movie right now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Are you a changed person after...
0: In the what project? sense?
1: you a changed person from when you started to where you ended? In terms of your perspective on what it takes to make a movie?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Burns <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> fucking hard. Yeah. And there's you have to think about ten million things and because of that and you have to make ten million decisions a day. It's really hard. I mean, it's really hard. The fact yeah. that anybody can competently put together a movie of any sort in any sense is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Truly. And the,
1: and there's like just an incredible time and resource constraint. Right? I think yeah. like <laughs> no, no. You can't yeah, you can't, you know, get days that aren't scheduled, you know, they're just right.
0: <laughs> they're not available. <laughs> we shot for two days, we should have shot for three minimum. Yeah. But we didn't have the money to shoot for three because every day that you add is an exponential amount more money Mm -hmm. than you have. So we had two days. That's what we budgeted for. That's what we raised in terms of money. And what we need to do needs to be done in those two days. And that was it. And, like, so that's what we did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What that comes down to is, like, Not compromise, but just like understanding where your strengths and weaknesses are, what you have and what you don't as you move through the day. Do I need this entire six minute take to be perfect? Or because I know in my head on the edit, I'm going to be going back and forth to a bunch of stuff. Like I'm going to cut between this side of the conversation and that side of the conversation. Can I use the first half of take one and the second half of take three And then like some other pieces in the middle and like find it and piece it together. Do I have that? And so is that banked and can I move on and go to the next thing? Or do I need to do this again and make sure that we get this right and make sure, you know what I mean? And like a whole, it's like a constant like fluctuation of that in terms of time management.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you're just like crossing your fingers and praying that you're making the right decision in the stressful (laughs) <laughs> exhausted, hungry moment <laughs> that two months from now you won't be cursing yourself that you moved on from this one take that you shouldn't have moved on from or whatever, right? Right. Like, <laughs> it's wild, you know? yeah, yeah. We have
1: the we have the luxury on this podcast of doing essentially one take and publish, but yeah, the you know the the stress of having to you know build an entire story around yeah. uh you know chunks that are filmed in different pieces and with the end goal of trying to have that all come together in one thing that you know presents and is consumed in a way that feels yeah. natural and as one thing
0: it's it's horrible it's horrible on everybody it's horrible on the actors mm-hmm. so the longest the thing that takes the longest in making movies is moving the lights it just mm. takes fucking forever there's no Light way
1: Lighting is everything. It's everything. Okay.
0: And we had a great gaffer on this project. Shout out Hunter. Mm -hmm. And we got a great DP and a great camera team. It just takes a long time, you know? Mm -hmm. So you shoot one half of the conversation and everything's lit for that half of the conversation. And yeah, maybe you shoot a wide on that half and then you shoot a medium there. And then if you need some kind of close-up, you shoot a close-up. Or a bit of the conversation in close up that you think you're gonna need in close. I mean, it's all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when you turn around, you have to relight the whole scene, right? Like you have to move because all the lights are on the side that you're not shooting. <laughs> and like so, you know, literally every movie you see, just out of frame. There's like a bunch of fucking lights, right? Yeah. So and it just takes a long time. It just it just does. Like so you know, half hour, 40 minutes between turning around or even longer sometimes depending on the complexity of the scene. And so during that time, your actors have to like break. They all get on their phones and they start drifting away from the scene and they start to, you know, it's like there's so you lose them there and it takes a while to get back. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's hungry. And meanwhile, like the camera team and the lighting team are like rushing around to sort of do the next setup. And you're worried about time because you know you're basically like Three setups behind what you should have been at this point in the day. <laughs> and it's like, I you know, and so you're constantly like, How you guys doing? And <laughs> like setup, uh, and they're like, We're ta- we're going as fast as we can, you know. <laughs> so there's all kinds of tension, all kinds of shit all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, you know. Um, and like so the end result of that is like you make hard choices. You get things done as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, and you know. I mean, this was a learning experience for us in terms of the way things ended up happening. Like we shot longer days than we would have liked to shoot. To be honest yeah. with you, you know, and yeah. it's like one of the points of contention and some of the stuff that's going on now is like, and and it was certainly a point of contention in the Iyotzi negotiations two years ago, which was just like the length of days is crazy. And everybody needs to do better about getting those down and mm. budgeting enough time and money to shoot shorter days. But, you know, it's fucking hard. I mean, it's not easy, you know. It's not right. an easy thing to just do, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a great... I mean, I had a good time, I'll tell good. you that much. Yeah. Good? Yeah. So... Um, This is, if you guys didn't know, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera.
1: And I'm Daryl Wong. We're closing out here our 26th cycle. Yeah. Uh, It's been a long one, you know. It's been a long one. (laughs) And uh, I made the decision early on in this uh, cycle to do the uh, back and forth, the end to end.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we kind of bopped back. So we started one or did we start... At the end. I can't even remember. I think
1: we started one. I think we yeah. went one, one,
0: nine, nine. Nine. Yeah, two, eight, that kind of thing. And then somewhere in there, there was ten. It mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we're ending with six. Mm-hmm. A great movie. Great movie. Interesting
1: place to end. You yeah. You know, it's like, it's, you, you might call it the last, like, true Fast and Furious movie.
0: I think there's an argument there. For yeah. sure.
1: Absolutely. But you know, between the sequence of five, six, seven, you know, does six stand alone as it's, you know, if you imagine six to be a an end of the series, does it stand alone as that? I
0: think like especially like knowing where we end up, yes. Yeah. Right. Like we're back. <laughs> yeah at 1327 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's like we're back mm-hmm. where we began, which is ultimately where everything should end. Right. It's the last of the Paul Walker phase. Like I know that 7 has Paul, but it does I mean it doesn't in the same way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like the Paul stuff in 7 is very different vibe to me and it's like not as natural as this, obviously, <laughs> in a certain mm-hmm. way. No, I don't even mean that, like, computer versus human. It's just, like, there's no way, you know, you can sort of capture the, like, magic in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, the finality of the Paul Walker thing, too, lends to this being sort of the ending of at least a, an era of Fast and Furious <laughs> that, that was pretty, mm-hmm. that's been riding high on for a while, maybe. Yeah, good movie. Good movie. I mm-hmm. watched this a pretty optimal viewing experience on the phone on a plane. <laughs> uh huh. So it was good.
1: Yeah. Um. Was that because the plane didn't offer a uh, in-flight entertainment?
0: They did have in-flight entertainment, but I always take sort of my own in-flight entertainment in case I'm not as um, hot on the in-flight entertainment that's there. Mm -hmm. I always sort of just download a couple things onto my phone, just make sure I have some digital copies of stuff hanging around so that I can, if I'm not, you know, I try to sleep mostly, but then, you know, if I'm not hot on the, like, whatever four offerings from Max, the one to watch for HBO... Mm-hmm. or whatever they got in-flight entertainment, then I, I can I can pull up the phone, you know. Um, and the other nice thing about the phone is, like, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes I have the whole row on the long haul. They, like, underfill the plane. This is, like, a secret. Nice. Nice. They underfill the plane. I didn't on the way back, but I did on the way there. So I could just lay down in the whole row and just like wow. crank on the phone. I was like, that's a very nice situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. um, How was your watch?
1: Uh, it was good. I mean, I like that we're at the end here. It was yeah. nice to have like the X experience and then the five shortly after that. Yeah, totally. Sort of ending here at the six. I thought that was nice. I I don't know. I'm trying to think ahead a little bit in terms of like what we might be looking forward to in season yeah. 27 here.
0: Yeah. Season 27. I have some ideas about mm-hmm. season 27, which we should discuss <laughs> maybe off mic.
1: Okay. Okay. Maybe
0: off mic. Because I have some loose plans slash people maybe. Okay. But I don't nice. want to get into, because I haven't scheduled anything. I don't want to promise anything I can't deliver on.
1: Right, under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah, over deliver. yeah that's I understand. The
0: key to life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie's good. I think there's some real stinky parts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then we've talked a little bit about Gina Carano. This was like one of my notes. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about Gina Carano, but I think we've been kind of unfair to Gina Carano in this movie. From a 2022, 2023 perspective, looking, like, back on this. This is a movie came out in 2013. It's mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And I think, like, this being her first feature, her coming from the world of, like, MMA,
1: mm-hmm.
0: her, like... I mean, I know that she has, like, like, political shit happening now, which I'm not trying to... Like, I'm I'm not defending that shit going on right, right. now. But I do think that, like, sort of clouds a little bit looking back on her performance in this and, like, saying that her performance is bad in this. It, it is from, like, a purely, like acting standpoint but so are several of our cast our illustrious cast members right Mm -hmm. and i do think like so she's a little bit weak in that regard i also think that her and the rock as a sort of half of the movie or a third of the movie together as a team is a weak point because they're both not as strong i mean the rock's getting a lot stronger at this point but Mm -hmm. he's not quite there so but from an action perspective, she's great in this, like, she knows, you know what I mean? Like, she's really fit for the role and she's Mm -hmm. like, knows how to kick people in the fucking chest and I do think there's value there, you know, and you see it, I think like two, one or two years later, she does Haywire, the Soderbergh movie where it's like, okay, taking what she's doing here to the nth level, which Mm -hmm. is, yes, she's still not a great performer in my mind, um, Mm -hmm. But that's not quite what these movies are asking of her mm-hmm. like as, as in, in totality. In a When we look at sort of the full, well-rounded picture of things, right? It's like the movie's asking, asking her, that's part of what the movie's asking her to do. But it's not the full scope of things. So it's, it's kind of like applying for college, right? It's like the well-rounded student where it's mm-hmm. like, yes, good grades, we're looking for them. But also, we want people who have other skills and abilities and interests and, like, talents and strengths. So, I really think she has strengths in areas that we, historically, on this podcast, have not appreciated.
1: Mm. I think that's an excellent point. I think the, you know, um, the rock is supposed to be that as well, to bring that element of physicality that Ben Diesel does not naturally possess. Okay, and neither do a lot of the characters. And when you watch a movie, action or otherwise, you can tell when the movements are unnatural or just like not practiced to
0: the point of like selling it in the movie. There is this strange shift that kind of starts from this movie. I may be wading into a world of trouble here, but I'm going to do it. There is a (laughs) little bit of a strange shift in the series that maybe started here. Where, you know, The Rock, yes, it had, does have physicality, wits, but the, the place that we see that basically exhibited the most, right, in the whole series is in five, where mm-hmm. he and Vin Diesel get in a physical fight. Right. But past that, none of these guys really, like, fight. hmm And so The Rock's physicality becomes more about, like, his posturing, his like sombitchness, uh-huh. and his like bursting through walls in a giant, like, a, you know, RV, v- military tactical vehicle, right? Right. Like, or uh, ambulance or whatever. That's like his physicality. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's expressed through the vehicles that are attached completely. to him. Completely.
0: And what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is there is this tendency in the series to let that. type of physicality, the expression Mm. of physicality through vehicles tends to be assigned to masculine roles in Mm. this series. And the physicality, starting really at six and moving on, of hand-to-hand combat, intense stunt work, fighting, punching, kicking, tends to, not all the time, because tends to drift into the realm of feminine... Roles, hmm. you know, we do have the Paul Walker fight with, um, uh, oh, what is his name? Um, in Seven, in the bus, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, the Ong uh, guy.
0: He's is that Ip Man? No, it's not Ip Man. No, it's, no not uh, Ip Man. Fuck, I can't remember his name. Um, so Tony he, Ja. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we do have that fight, but once Paul Walker's gone, it's like, what are the big hand-to-hand fights mm-hmm. in the series? And a lot of it ends up being like, okay, Michelle is doing some hand-to-hand combat still. Jordana gets into some hand-to-hand combat still. Right. Like, actual fighting, maybe not entirely martial arts, but like, act, you know, punching, kicking that type of stuff. And like the brute force running through walls, be vehicular or not, it ends up sort of being assigned to the masculine roles. Mm. I think it's interesting. I don't have any like grand... I haven't thought of this before we started recording, so I don't really have any grand summation whether that's bad or good, positive or negative, has an effect on the series, doesn't really have an effect on the series. I just think it's an interesting thing to look at and think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Hmm.
1: They try to bring it within, right? He's always taking it to the streets, carrying our wrenches and stuff, but... Mm.
0: mm. Yeah, there is that fight with Statham on the roof. That's in mm-hmm. Seven, too. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like Seven's maybe the last vestige of this, like, we fight with our hands, we're street dogs, and we... You know? <laughs> that kind of thing. Otherwise, it's all... Driving for Cars, Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm trying to think, like, in Nine, is there... I mean, in the whatever, the Beast, like, when they take over the Beast... Yeah, Yeah, not really, though, right?
1: Not a ton. You've got Han in that little, like, truck thing, and he attaches the mine to the parachute dude. Yep. And then... Who's in the Beast? It's Vin. Vin is just tumbling around in the Beast. Right. Trying to get to the cockpit.
0: Right. And the most, the takeover of the Beast, they kind of do in flashes, right? They, like, don't Mm -hmm. do the whole sequence in nine. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking specifically on the feminine hand-to-hand stuff. It's, like, they do the I'm speaking thinking, thinking specifically the Tokyo scene in 9 where mm-hmm. it's both Jordana and Michelle and the Arctic fortress scene in 10 where it's like Michelle versus Cipher um I just think this is interesting maybe I'm like my if there's things that are standing out in my mind in this series, and others are fading in the background that, like, totally negate my theory here.
1: Mm-hmm. But, well, one um, the, yeah. One of the things we're left with at, at the end of Fast X is a return of Giselle. Yeah. And Gal Gadot plays, you know, she kicks, she drives, she has a motorcycle, she does all these things. Um, So maybe there's a, you know, Something else to add to that argument, which is right. with the with the return of Giselle.
0: Where is Han on the at the end of 10? Do we remember? I mean, you and I have seen it once. once. Is he in the plane that crashes potentially? We don't know if it crashes. Uh, we didn't see it crash, but the engine is lit on a fire and they go behind a mountain somewhere. He's not there, right? That's Ramsey and Roman and Tej. Tej. And is it Han too? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember where Han is. Anyway, my whole thing, well, I don't, I don't know if that works, but I do think Han has to die in 11. Again. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it would be good if it's like a Romeo Juliet type situation where it's like oh. now that Giselle is finally back to life, she gets five oh. minutes of like reconnecting with her love <laughs> no. before Han dies no. again. I think that would be good. <laughs> yeah. It would be, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh.
1: Uh, it's going to have to be some sort of act of self-sacrifice
0: while drifting in orange and black car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Genuinely glad gal for Gal Gadot that she gets to be back in the series if she wants to be. I'm bummed Giselle is back, mm-hmm. but not that bummed. I think I was listening to some other people talk about it the other day, and they were just like going on and on. I was like, "Fuck, fucking who cares?" Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, sure, like sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know I'm like worried about Gal basically yeah
1: I was I was gonna bring that up because did you watch her latest movie here The Heart of Stone I
0: I like couldn't even bring myself to I did that's another one I downloaded like on Netflix for the plane ride I I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to press play
1: it looks yeah.
0: terrible. Do you the have trailer. like a little review?
1: Yeah, the trailer was okay and sure. um, the movie was not so good. Right. I think the I think it was slightly better than Red Notice and Red Notice 2. I mean
0: not a tall ass, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Um but you know, it's uh it's Poorly written in a sense that like there's nothing new or exciting about what's going on. It's right. another God's eye with the charter slash the charter is their name for the syndicate, which is sure. the name for the Mister Nobodies. Yeah, and there's a hacker and then a bunch of killing. Um, so
0: I don't sure. know. I is. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, is that, at a certain point when, you know, at a certain point, these movies are going to stop being, like, premier Netflix, like, featured things and end up being the stuff that Netflix buries, you know, down in their library and doesn't really promote and doesn't. So, I do think there's... I do worry about Gal in that sense in terms of like I mean, she's fine without me mm. worrying about mm-hmm. her, right? Like <laughs> you know. Yeah. But there is a pathway to
1: irrelevance.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be that harsh about it, but like yeah. it's there in front of her.
1: Mhm.
0: I mean, I I think it's like maybe like, I hate to say this because I f- hate... I, I don't like saying this with every fiber of my being, but, like, maybe stick with The Rock. See what The is doing and, and, like, try to do more <laughs> shit with The Rock. And, like, because that guy... Love him or hate yeah. him, tired of him or not. Like, he will make sure whatever he's doing is in this sort of conversation. Yeah. right? That other people sort of don't seem to manage... In terms of their star power to propel things into the conversation the way The Rock can. So like, mm. whatever The Rock's doing, it's being talked about in a way that it's not otherwise. Mm-hmm. Even Black Adam, a movie that sucks. <laughs> well promoted. Was incredibly well promoted. Yeah. Didn't do very well at the box office, but like that's its whole conversation in itself, right? Of like, oh, the rock is not doing as well at the box office is a conversation that keeps the rock a relevant cultural figure, right? Yeah, so like, do red note is two, three, four, five, six, like, <laughs> fucking go. go for it, gal, <laughs> you know. And Keep now that right the, the, the Wonder Woman era of your life has ended, basically. Uh-huh. I think it was announced this week that three was just sort of not going forward in the in this in the way that they had talked about before, right uh yeah, it's like really a thing for you to you know stay close to, mhm, so yeah, I don't know, yeah. they're both back in this now, so great for them, yeah both, yeah,
1: I mean, I heard that part of the uh stuff for heart and stone heart of stone here was that they weren't promoting it because of all of the strikes in solidarity, but <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I fucking stock I put in that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is right that like, it's not just solidarity. There are strike rules around SAG people promoting material. Um, mm-hmm. They can't really do it at this moment in time. So that yeah. is true. But that doesn't mean that, like, Netflix can't fucking put trailers up or do a marketing campaign or do whatever. You know, it's just like you can't have Gal Gadot show up at your event.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is the, or do, like, radio interviews and stuff, right? So, like, that's mm-hmm. different than, like, that's not the full picture of them. I, there Some kind of marketing campaign could have happened, but I didn't see mm-hmm. any. I saw it, like, dropped on... I think I saw one trailer on IMDb and then I saw it dropped on Netflix like a month later. And I was like, oh, that came out? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I guess. You know, mm. I don't know. It's not smart money to me, but I'm yeah. not, you know, great at this stuff. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Anything? Or you want to move on to some shoo Um, I
1: only had one note for this movie, which yeah. is that I like uh we're all, yeah we're sometimes critical about the use of amnesia as a uh right. plot thickening device here but, plot thickening uh, i like that yeah <laughs> uh but in in this movie one of the things that does it's kind of like present itself as an opportunity uh is that letty is able to treat dom uh like the reckless bonehead that he is in fact she gets to treat him like a busta for like a good portion of the movie, totally. right, so that dynamic that we have early on between Dom and um Brian is something that they you know get to tap into a little bit with Letty
0: having no memory, totally.
1: and it's Which I think like kind of nice,
0: I think it's nice too, i and it's like it's like she gets to be the conduit for us. Like, if we ran into this guy on the street, and, and, exactly. and, you know, which is our reaction would be, like, what's your, like, deal, dude? Like, who are you? Like, what is your vibe? Is, yeah. this, is, this whole situation over here is wild, what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah.
1: It's like, I just shot you, like, the other day. You've got some serious
0: balls for sure enough yeah. to try to yeah. drag
1: race me. And the response is, well, I've been told that.
0: <laughs> also, it's like... A complete rando shows up and is like, "I love you." Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no thanks, dude. Uh-huh. Like, please, yeah.
1: I got a thing going on here. I'm, um, you know, I'm involved. I'm good, with, actually. Uh, you know, uh, international criminal, and you know, I just yeah. like really can't get involved with you.
0: Seems like right life now. would be better if you weren't here. Actually, right now. <laughs> So no, I like that a lot. We right. get like this weird crack into like Vin Diesel's or like Dom Toretto's, you know, personality. But mm-hmm. then we get it's like makes a stronger case for Toretto's eventual like winning person <laughs> personality, right? <laughs> That's right. It's like, oh, if even the person with amnesia, a blank slate who like he entered their life and kind of completely fucked it up, even if that person is eventually won over by them. Then, who are we? Nobody is a me. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Who are we? Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Um, It makes sense. Do you want to give, do you want to do some shout outs? You got a shout out this week?
1: I do have a shout out this week.
0: All right. Hit me.
1: I listed a a couple of them on here, but I really think the one that stands out to me. I want to give a shout out to Fresh Towels, okay? Mm. (laughs) I've been, you know, doing a little traveling. You know, stay at a hotel here and there, like I'm away from home. But even when I'm at home, I've been doing a lot more laundry, and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the fresh towel is unlike any other experience. Okay, do you
0: have an in-unit? washer dryer or
1: i don't you know. so i really have to work for it you to get it. Okay. To you gotta work for okay to get that want fresh towel that i got to want and i got to work for it yeah um and that really makes it even more sweet but even the concept of the once used towel is just not even close
0: to the uh the freshy no it's like diminishing returns but like this, <laughs> the cliff is steep, steep. right it's <laughs> steep. <laughs> like Uh, It like drops off, like it's so fast versus brand new towel versus once used towel is a completely different experience Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. My mother used to get very mad at me for pulling a new towel out of (laughs) of like the linen closet every time I showered. Uh, And she was like, you have to reuse it. Not as good, dude.
1: It's not as good. So, yeah, yeah, between the, yeah, trying to replicate that at home, but also just doing a little bit of, like, a couple hotel stays here and there. The Freshie is totally where it's at. Totally, not the brand new towel. You don't want all that nope. weird, like, fresh towel linty stuff. Nope. It has to be used and freshly washed.
0: Also, there's a weird chemical, clean smell that new towels kind of have, or, like, vibe, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. I get that a little bit with the hotel towels, that, like, clearly you went through some sort of industrial process before you arrived mm-hmm. here in this hotel bathroom. <laughs> but I still am a fan of, a, of of a good hotel towel. There's some that mm-hmm. are very scratchy and not very fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, a nice hotel towel. I'm, I'm not opposed to. Um, all right. I went through a lot of iterations of what I was going to shout out to over the past month. Yeah. A lot, in fact. Yeah. And I kept like every like couple days, I'd be like, oh, I'm shouting out to that next time we record. Or like, oh, forget that other thing. I'm shouting out to this. And the one I landed on, I mean, really has, really, it's, like, magical. Like, above all else. This is a new product I've encountered. A new, not even a new product, a new concept of a product. Okay? (laughs) Combining maybe of, like, my two favorite things into one. Have you ever heard of a Manhattan special?
1: Yes, I've had one before. (sighs) I drink them in Red Hook at this, like, Italian pizza place, I guess. Well, that's where
0: they're made in Red Hook, basically. Uh Really? Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's, like, maybe the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. I loved it. Okay, so, Mm -hmm. for people who don't know, Manhattan Special is extremely sweet, carbonated coffee, cold Mm -hmm. coffee, in a bottle much like a soda bottle, right? (laughs) It's, like, made in this one factory in... Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and it's like like old Italian guys drink it. It's it's incredible. It's I've so never good. had it before. I never knew it existed before. I never knew you could do that to coffee, like carbonate it in that way, and like make mm-hmm. it is so good and so caffeinating. I was so wired at the end of that bottle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, like, has changed my entire, like, life around, basically. I've loved it. I've loved yeah. it. Yeah. Does it
1: have any cola in it, or is it just coffee? It's, an,
0: it's, it's a, a very good... I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Like, is it part cola, part coffee? I don't... It's not part cola and part because co- I had... Coca-Cola has tried this twice. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the Manhattan Special coffee, Um, but they did do two versions of a coffee Coke, coffee Mm -hmm. flavored Coke. Once when I was about 15 or 16, I feel like 2005, 2006, 2004. And then once Mm -hmm. fairly recently, maybe in like 17, 18, 19, they had a new coffee Coke. Neither of which in my estimation has been very good
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the way that like the Manhattan special is extremely good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is. So it doesn't, to me, the Manhattan special tastes like more coffee, more just like coffee that is then carbonated and sweetened versus coffee mm-hmm. that's mixed with Cola nut product, right? Right. Like our caramel-flavored cola product. It says here on Wikipedia, it is espresso coffee soda made with espresso beans, seltzer water, and sugar. So, to me, that's like a very pure coffee experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... The plant is on the original location of the plant was on Manhattan Avenue in Brooklyn, which is why mm. it's called a Manhattan special. Uh if fucking rules, everybody <laughs> should get a Manhattan special if they have the opportunity. I don't like no. They to even make this. a diet version which I had that also. It was very good.
1: <laughs> and just like this bottle is so sexy. It's got it's like a one It's one of the hottest
0: bottles. Like the most fuckable bottles I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: I remember thinking that when I saw this for the first time. I was like, I only, I drink it at two, I think it, they serve it all over Red Hook, which is one of my office is. They serve it at the Pizza and Calzone place. And yep. they have this and, you know, you get a slice and then you have this. And then they also serve it at Defonte Sandwich, which, and it seems to pair perfectly with both the uh yeah, slice right out of the oven. And it definitely the is a type of Italian drink
0: sandwich that fits a place called Defonte sandwich, right? Yep. Like it it's like that vibe. It's it's just it's like <laughs> even like describe it. It's so crazy. It's the great you drip, sip it and you're like, this is the craziest fucking. <laughs> it doesn't taste like anything else in the whole world. It
1: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: even really taste like coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has espresso flavor, but it's like it's super sweet in a way that's like it like robs it of it being in the coffee realm. But it's also so coffeeed, it robs it of being in the soda realm. Mm-hmm. So it's in this weird in between where it's just like be- it's just beautiful. And it's yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and the pairing of that with a bready, cheesy, tomatoey oh. lunch. Food oh, is just, it doesn't like, make sense like, naturally, but if oh. you've done it before, it's the only way it should
0: be done. It's so good. Um, the, there is, I, there is this also this vibe with the Manhattan Special where it's like, this is the only, this is the only form in which this product could exist. Mm hmm. If you got, like, the tab cola version of the Manhattan... I think it would be a total disaster, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. the generic Manhattan special... I just don't even think it would work in a way... I I just think it would be so terrible. Yeah, I feel like
1: the sensation would be, like, if you ordered a Coke and somebody handed you a Dr. Pepper... Definitely. That's what that would feel like if you
0: were... If you got a Manhattan special on... (sighs) Yeah. Man. (laughs) I mean, i I'm, I'm literally been, been back in Auckland three days, and I'm like, I can't wait to get back to the U.S. to <laughs> get some Manhattan yeah. Special. It yeah. was so good. <laughs> um, also, it was so caffeinated, I was like flying afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I had one of the most productive afternoons of my life. Um, anyway, shout out to the Manhattan Special. It really is an important thing. Yeah, in our society and life. Um, If you have any thoughts on that, well, write us an email. No one likes the tuna podcast at Mm gmail.com. The Instagram is not in the same formulation as it was previously right now. Yeah. I sort of took it over for a while as my own personal (laughs) business. So I feel like it's is acceptable. I may switch it back. I may rock with it for a minute. That's okay. We're going to see how it goes. We're off Twitter, yeah. and you can um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you want. We have no Patreon anymore. I was going to say, what are we going to do about our in-betweener? Oh, in-betweener. Let's talk about this. I think we mm-hmm. have no choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, even if I put up a poll. The poll would have no bearing on our life because we're locked into what we need to watch for in between already. And like that has been deemed since the beginning of time. I think we need to watch Skyscraper starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> where he, he has one leg and must must do something involving his family in a skyscraper in Hong Kong, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Excellent. I think um, that so has to be it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the one, it's the one truth I'm ready to live by. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. <laughs> and then we'll talk off mic about Cycle 27, but like it's been a beautiful Cycle 26. I'm happy to be back. Sorry we've been away for so long, but like I'm ready to rock here. All right?
1: Let's get after it. To
0: 27. To 27, my friends. Take talk care. Godspeed.